Greetings, my brothers and sisters. Sending gratitude to all of you who are joining in today to accompany us down the rabbit hole of self-exploration through plant medicines. My name is Ryan Sprague, and I'm here to tell you that your frequency is now set and tuned to explore psychedelic medicines and the impact they've made among the countless psychonauts exploring the last true frontier. Buy a ticket and take the ride with me as we get true first-hand accounts of the experiences, benefits, risks, and transformations taking place within the ever-expanding world of psychedelic medicines on this one time on psychedelics. One of my favorite aspects of technology these days is having the opportunity to meet individuals who can spark inspiration in my life. For me, I have realized that little things like these are actually the big things, no matter how cliche that may be to say. Today's guests on the show are two individuals I met through the mutual passion we all share called podcasting and cannabis, and I had the opportunity to co-create some epic magic with them on their show, the High on Homegrown podcast, and we had so much fun that I wanted to get them on the show for each of you to dive into and put on your radar as well. Their podcast, which as the name states, is centered around the topic of cannabis, has had some of the biggest names in the world of cannabis featured. And for any of you who are interested in cannabis, make sure to check it out and benefit from the incredible amount of value they are putting out through each episode. So without further ado, please help me in welcoming Mackie and Monkey to the show. Mackie and Monkey, so excited to have you guys here with me today. How are you guys doing? Doing fantastic. Oh, good, Ryan. man. I just, <laughs> I just straight away like want to troll you and be like, it went a bit blurry there, Ryan. Is everything <laughs> okay, okay? Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> No profession today. Yeah. <laughs> For everyone listening, I was just telling uh, uh, Maggie and Monkey the little uh, things, the little quirks with Riverside. And uh, one of them is that it always looks grainy, but not with you guys, because you guys have the cover art, you know? So you guys actually, it's coming through perfect, but mm. I probably look a little grainy. But guys, I'm so excited to have you here with me. Uh, for everyone listening, I just did an amazing episode on uh, their podcast, High on Homegrown. It was amazing. Uh, it just came out. You guys are going to see it on my yes, stories. Um, probably by the time this is released, it'll already be been on my story, but definitely check that out. We had a great deep dive, and I'm super excited to have you guys on. And where I like to start these, right, is... You know, of course, in the intro, I went over kind of what you guys do and everything like that. But how did you guys first become interested in the topic of psychedelics, cannabis, and everything that you guys do now? And I know this might be a big question, so you can take it wherever you want and give us like the the meat and potatoes, if you will, of kind of like how you went from an era of just say no into potentially saying yes. <laughs> wow. It was mixing with, with the wrong crowd he was, Ryan. It was them bad kids back in the day. My mother always warned yes. me against them. And now look where I am. You know? <laughs> That's too funny, man. You know, it's I found throughout my life that a lot of the kids that I hung around with when I was younger that got into cannabis, like, yeah, they were into some other challenging stuff too, but they did have really cool tricks as well, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. Mm. <laughs> What about you, Monkey? How'd you first get introduced? Well, I mean, I was probably a later starter. Um, I, I got introduced to cannabis, actually, in, in uh, college. And it was just one of those, I guess, typical, uh, you're in the right place at the right time, or I guess my parents would have seen it as the wrong place at the wrong time. But anyway, yeah, it got introduced that way and suddenly realized that while it was strong and it was powerful, it was nothing to be afraid of mm. anymore. And so that that started my journey, and you know I'm still continuing it today. It develops every day. Oh, 
That is amazing. I love hearing how different people were introduced to it. And this is the idea of having friends in high places, you know? <laughs> and so oh, yeah. <laughs> I yeah, love yeah. diving into that. And, you know, I'm curious for you guys, like when you first found cannabis, what was it that you really loved about it? What was it that it did in terms of state change? Like how would you describe what you enjoyed most about it and maybe what you enjoy still to this day about it? Hmm. Did you want to go first, Mark? Oh, you go ahead, Matthew. Let me think through this one. <laughs> but I wanted to Uh-oh. think. <laughs> well, okay, then I will go first. Then, damn it! <laughs> Jump right on in there. Um, immediately when I when I started experiencing cannabis, it was like okay, it was an un, unfamiliar feeling of freedom actually, because I had I was always the uh, the type A personality that had was taking life very seriously, and every every minute was something that you had to worry mm. about, and. Even so briefly, cannabis really quickly took that away from you and made me smile and laugh and start seeing different things around me and maybe started noticing things that before I had been completely oblivious mm. to. And so it expanded my mind. And that's kind of what drew me back to cannabis. I said, what else can this do over and over? So that was my first experience. And my first reaction was like, wow, what is this stuff? It's amazing. Oh, that is so cool. How about you, Mackie? What do you say? Man, I don't really know. It's been so long. I know one of my friends, his dad used to smoke weed back in the day. And when I was like 15, we went round to his dad's house because his parents were separated, went to his dad's house. And, you know, we uh, took some of his weed out of the drawer. And we didn't smoke it. We wrapped it up in a, a Rizzler, mm. a, a cigarette paper. And then we uh, we dropped a bomb, we called it. And, you know, just uh, it's like a way of doing edibles, really. And got a little high from that. But that that's the first experience I remember me having with cannabis. But then from there, me and my brother started smoking something called soap bar, which you used to have here in the UK, which is just some terrible solids, man, <laughs> some terrible hash for you guys in USA. You, you wouldn't know what that is. And you want to th- think yourself lucky for not knowing what that is. But, and then eventually you was able to get a uh, green. We called it then when uh, people started to be able to get cannabis much easier. And we used to be able to get seven grams of the soap bar, the solids, yeah. the shitty hash for £10. And then, you know, the uh, the green came out. We used to be able to get a gram of mm. green for £10. So it was much less, but the quality was much higher, man. And then as soon as I encountered that, it was pretty much life-changing, really. And I know that sounds crazy, but it was, like, life-changing because I, I was very much into fitness when I was young. Uh, you know, I won trophies and shit for long distance running and i was supposed to join the army and all of this and anybody who smoked around me my friend my mom's friends would come around the house they'd be smoking cigarettes and be like, don't smoke that <laughs> shit around me you know and and then when i encountered cannabis the, especially the green it was just like damn i like this a lot i like the way i feel when i when i have this i like the flavor i like the texture i enjoy smoking it and it was like if I joined the army, I wouldn't be able to participate in smoking cannabis anymore. And I was like, well, that's a game changer for me, man. I'm not going to be going that way. I'm afraid I'm staying here with my green. Thank you very much. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a bit, uh, a bit of a life changing experience discovering cannabis for me. And I'm glad, man, because I. Uh, Joining the army in the UK it just didn't end up being a, a good thing to do. Yeah. It's a bit shit nowadays, unfortunately. It used to be one of the best, the best in the world, but it's not the case. I think that's. I mean, the more I hear about a lot of my friends that went into the military, like, of course, I'm, I wasn't in the military. So, for any listeners, you know, take this with a grain of salt. But you know, it just seems as though a lot of people come out very—I don't want to say fucked up, but very challenged, right? Like with a lot of 
you know, programming, mm-hmm. a lot of unnecessary discipline. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, again, not that discipline is unnecessary, but to a level where kind of like monkey, what you were saying, like, so type A that it's really hard to break out of the box whatsoever. And I think that's mm-hmm. ultimately like what, you know, again, it's multifaceted, but I think that's one of the main reasons I believe cannabis to be here on planet Earth, right? It can be that reminder because we don't know, what we don't know, you know, and if we've been locked in a small room for a long time, mm-hmm. Sometimes it helps to be able to have a friend come in and remind you there's a door there that you can walk through, right? And there's a whole entire house you can be in. And there's outside as well, right? And, you know, I think we've all had that experience on mushrooms or LSD where we're like, wait, there's an outside, you know, like, and so it's, <laughs> I forgot about yeah. that. Let's go there. <laughs> and so it's just always been really funny to me how, you know, so many people are on a certain life path, they connect with cannabis, and they find this totally different thing, you know, and it's funny, you mentioned these different grades, because Mm -hmm. I'm only 32. But over here, you know, we had the the brick cannabis that would come from Mexico, you know, and it was like, I mean, I guess uh, I was Mm -hmm. talking to my buddy who goes to Columbia a lot. He's like, yeah, it's still everywhere around there. He's like, I was at a party where there was just a brick of this brown cannabis sitting on the table, you know, and I'm like, oh, flashbacks. (laughs) (laughs) It's too funny. Yeah, I've gotten sick a few times off of some of that nasty stuff, man. Just thinking about it right now scares me. Oh, it smells like Windex, Mm -hmm. you know. But funnily enough, you know, it's... Yeah, how I said my uh, my friend who I first experienced cannabis with, you know, he went around his dad's house. He carried on to join the army, and he's still in the army now, man. And he does well. He's traveled the world, and he's done loads of cool things. But you know, I like to smoke weed, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've done cool things too, but I've done it on my own grounds. You know, we've both gone different paths, but we're still good friends. We still mm. see each other regularly and shit. But, you know, he just he just can't smoke weed, man. And that's a bit lame. You know, we hook up for a game of cards sometimes. And it's like, do you, you know, do you want to smoke? He's like, no, I can't smoke. You know, I've got drug tests. But <laughs> it's sad, man. It's sad that you're under those conditions where you can't participate in cannabis. Yeah, 100%. I've always thought it to be weird that like, you know, I get in the military why like if you're going to battle, yeah, you probably don't want to be high. It's probably going to be a conflict of interest. But, you know, overall, mm-hmm. like, you know, mm-hmm. in the military, people are still using alcohol a lot. And, you know, it may yes. be quote unquote frowned upon, but it's not really that frowned upon. And so I've always waited like, okay, I could understand if the military wanted you to be completely sober, right? I'd get that. But if they're either semi mm-hmm. or fully allowing alcohol, then what is the argument against cannabis? You know, and the only thing I could think is that it's really hard mm-hmm. to rationalize going to kill people you don't know for a country that probably doesn't have your best interest at heart after you connect with cannabis and have the potential realization that we are all one, right? Because you're going to smoke a joint and it'll be like, hold on for a second. We're just doing this to make the rich guy yeah. richer, aren't we? What, what are we doing? That's <laughs> kind of the way that the war on drugs was formed around the, in the states, Mac. You know, mm. Nixon needed to shut down that that attitude. So that's what you Definitely. did. Definitely. And if you guys think about it too, right? Like, you know, we think that I say we. Many people think that slavery went away, and in one way it did. But it really didn't, right? It just went underground. And now what slavery is, is private prisons, right? Because if a company or corporation buys out of Mm. prison, and then you have something like the war on drugs, which is criminalizing people connecting with plants, right? And other things as well, but a lot of times cannabis, right? A plant, 
then you now have the ability to put people in jail and have them work for slave wages. And these companies benefit as a result, you know? And so we don't even need to get into conspiracy alley to be like, that's accurate. I mean, like that's what happens at least here in the States. I'm not sure about other parts yeah. of the world, but that's just one of the many mechanisms that, you know, the powers that be, whoever they are, um, have put in place to be able to, you know, take advantage, you know, and be able to have legal slavery and things like that. So mm-hmm. it's, it's crazy, wow. man, yeah. you know, and that's just tip of the iceberg. Hey, hey, everybody. I hope you're enjoying the show. I wanted to take a quick moment to let you all know that the doors are officially open for the Conscious Cannabis Collective. And as such, this is the last week you can sign up and receive all of the bonuses we're currently including. This is the last time I will be personally onboarding those of you who sign up with a complimentary one-on-one session, and you'll have the ability to get the Grow With Cannabis course for free during this limited time. For more info on how you can take advantage of this offer, Head down to the show notes for this episode and secure your spot today, as we only have so many spots left and they are filling up quickly. Now back to the show. Yeah, privatized prisons is crazy shit. It's nuts. I mean, I really feel as though where we are at right now, if we were in a Star Wars saga, is Return of the Jedi. Right. We're like now more consciousness than ever is hitting the planet. And we're all starting to realize, like, how the fuck are we okay with that? You know, like, how are we okay with Mm. them saying that this plant is not legal on certain imaginary lines that in most cases were stolen from indigenous elders, right? And indigenous tribes, right? So it's like, if you really think into this stuff, it makes your brain hurt. You know, it's like, how are we just okay with this as a society? Mm -hmm. And I think that now that we have this higher level of consciousness hitting the planet, more people are becoming aware of it. And so I think that, you know, for a lot of people, it's like, oh, it looks worse than ever. It's like, no, it's not that it looks worse than ever. It's always been pretty challenging in the last, you know, 50, 60 years. But I think that now we're just starting to become aware of it more, you know, and it's like Pandora's box. Once it's open, it's really hard to close it again. <laughs> yeah, that's what the internet is, man. The internet is like Pandora's box. We just get all this information now and everybody's becoming much more aware of their surroundings and their history you know, and, and their potential in the future as well. We just have all of this stuff available to us, which is new. And it's crazy to think about how new it is. You know, I'm approaching 40, so I've been around pre-internet days and then internet days and damn there's a difference man in every way there's a difference in every way man the world is so different now compared to what it was before the internet it really is i mean like i said i'm 32 so i grew up right on the precipice like i still went home and the streetlights were on but i definitely got to enjoy myspace when it was Mm -hmm. around too (laughs) you know like in that weird weird era (laughs) and uh, honestly myspace was great you know like if you think back to it it was awesome oh yeah it was for sure man what was his name? Was it yeah, Todd? Tom, who everybody yep, had yep, a friend? First friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he came with a package deal, you know? <laughs> Too funny, man. Damn. You couldn't you know, when Bitcoin either, was yeah. like, <laughs> you know, Bitcoin was 10,000 for a pound and oh shit. You know? Damn. I know. Damn. Missed an opportunity yeah. there, didn't we? Like, if yeah. I could go back in time, that's the one thing I would do. You know, it's just like, just throw like a, a grand into Bitcoin, you know, throw a thousand bucks into Bitcoin and just never have to mm-hmm. even think about money again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. crazy but, you know so going back to them times as well it's like the drugs are mm. so much better back oh, then 100%. as well you know i mean you notice it most with like mm. the raving days you know you go out to these festivals and shit and you take pills the mm. mdma the molly 
You know, that's completely different nowadays to what it was back then. And, and the concern of fentanyl as well. We never had that back in the day. I, I wouldn't take anything now. Even cocaine. I used to like that shit back in the day. You know, just partake now and again. Wouldn't touch it now. It's just 100%. not worth the risk. I've, oh, it's it's Terrifying. crazy over here in the States. I mean, I'm sure it's all over the world, but the opiate epidemic is so big. And it's literally getting into everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've heard rumors. I haven't fact-checked it that people are finding fentanyl and cannabis now too. And it's just like, why? Like, fucking why? You know? And mm-hmm. And again, like, I don't know exactly how fentanyl is made, but I know a lot of the times it's being made by pharmaceutical companies, right? And so someone asked me an interesting question. They were like, don't you think if people really wanted fentanyl to end, like if the powers to be, they would stop making it? And I was like, fuck. And I understand it's useful, like in terms of like, you know, if you get in a crazy car wreck or something, like there's ways in which you can be professionally used. But I mean, I think there's a certain point at mm-hmm. which you can realize like, okay, this has gone haywire. Like we need to reel this back in. But, you know, at the end of the day, like I think part of the challenge too is that the, the modern medical system is not really interested in finding cures. They're interested in treating. And even if we take that, right, like that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, right? If you're just trying to treat someone like, yeah, it's a little disingenuous, you know, blah, blah, blah. But when you're risking people's lives, when you're like getting people addicted, like that's when I really go, okay, like now your business, your business mm-hmm. model is now actually really fucking people up. You know, again, mm-hmm. like if you're doing something, like I said, like if you're just treating people, well, at the end of the day, if no one's getting hurt, whatever, right? But I think it's far past that point too. And that's, you know, one of the many reasons I think yeah. psychedelics are becoming such a big thing so fast. This guy thinks people are so tired of just merely surviving and they're willing to go into some uncharted territory to potentially find like a cure, right? And a cure for depression, anxiety, et cetera. And the challenge being within that, that, you know, all the plants can give you is the what, you know, it's still up to us to figure out the how. And, you know, that's a lot of the work I do too, is to helping people figure out how to do the how, you know, and podcasts, all these things that you guys are doing too, like they give information as to, so as to the how, you know, like what to actually do with the information you receive and, you know, plant medicine experiences. And I'm curious for you guys, like, What's your background in other psychedelics? Have you guys, you know, toyed around with other things? Tell me a little bit about that. I mean, Mackie, you just mentioned the name, but yeah, any other thing else? (laughs) Oh, yeah, I've done loads of shit, man. I've experimented. There's only, I've got quite an addictive personality. When I find something that I really enjoy, then I'll get stuck in on that shit, man. And, you know, like, as I said, I enjoyed cannabis and that pretty much changed Mm. my whole life when I was a kid. But uh, I've never had the heroin and cocaine because they're highly addictive substances. Yeah, not, not cocaine, crack, crack, heroin and crack. Never touch those because they're apparently really fucking good. And I don't want to be that guy stealing shampoo from the chemist to sell on to people for another fix. So I avoided that shit completely, man. But you know, the party drugs, you know, the pills, cocaine, amphetamines, not like uh, meth amphetamines, mm-hmm. but just speed. Bass, it was called back in the mm-hmm. day. Whiz. You know, this is what we called it here in the UK. We had that shit, um, LSD. I did some acid just a couple of weeks ago for uh, the first time in about wow. 20 years, man. And damn, it took a lot of fucking energy. It does, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that takes days. Damn, I'm still tired, man. I'm still tired from that shit. But man, it was so good. It was so good. I had such a great time, man. And my wife had some. It's the first time she's ever experienced acid, you know, and she fucking oh. loved it as well. 
And then uh, mushrooms, man. But like you say, with the whole fentanyl thing, fentanyl is made in China, sent over to Mexico, and then it's mixed with all sorts of drugs and pushed across the US border. We don't have too much of a problem with it mm. here in the UK. But, you know, it raises massive concerns about what is going on with the safety of our drugs and the, the, the powers that be who are always concerned with the safety of the consumer. This is why they check foods to make sure the foods are safe and the drinks are safe. But when it comes to drugs, fuck you all, you're on your own. You know, so you really are on your own and you have to try and find a good source, which is hard to do because it's, you know, the black market. So I like to make my own shit. So I'll grow my own cannabis and I'll mm. grow my own mushrooms. And I love that shit, man. Growing mushrooms is so much fucking fun. And growing cannabis is, of, of course, very fun. It's a big part of my life. I enjoy doing that. We have our, our cannabis forum. We have our cannabis podcast, you know, and I like to grow mushrooms because I enjoy them. Yeah. Yeah, but not the test. <laughs> it's like peanut shells, you know. If you just think peanut shells when you eat them, it makes it a little bit easier for sure. <laughs> okay, I'll like try a, that. A semantics that. thing or something, you know, <laughs> or like uh, brainwashing yourself, you know. These are just peanut shells, you know. It's like that. These are not the droids you're looking for, you know. Maybe it's the force that we're using, you know. <laughs> <laughs> now, Margaret Fletcher yeah. naked in a cold shower. Ooh, Remember exactly. that one? <laughs> <laughs> monkey how about you man uh what's your background with psychedelics have you toyed around with anything what's been your experience so far quite a tell the story monkey uh, tell well, the story it's gonna have monkey. to come out because my story is quite different than mackie's mm. uh i was into cannabis start, started in college and stayed with cannabis for a long time before trying anything else and very very minimal experience with psychedelics for a very long time uh small mdma hits which i really wouldn't even consider super psychedelic mm kind of fun, but not really psychedelic. But last October, I was gifted a present unknowingly. Uh, it's long stories, but I guess it's worth yeah. telling. Um, I was ordering a new Mighty Vapor, uh, not a Volcano Vaporizer, and, and then it had to be shipped from mm. Poland. Not a problem. This is during pandemic, and, and uh, everything seemed to be going pretty well. So it came from Poland, and I got the box. When I opened the box, everything looked okay. And it looked like the box had maybe had been opened but didn't really freak me out too much because, well, it's coming from Europe. I figured maybe they opened it to inspect it since it's a U.S. model. And there was a bag, just a, a volcano paper uh, bag in there, just kind of haphazardly tossed on the top. It kind of rumpled a little bit. I didn't know what I was doing. I was so, so excited with this thing. I took the bag out and went to empty it. didn't know how to do it at first. And I, honestly, to this day, I don't know exactly how I did it. But inside that bag was a vapor. And I went on a 36-hour LSD trip. Wow! After I inhaled the vapor, my, my, my missus was in the other room. Other room, she was still working. About six o'clock in the evening, and uh, I was opening this this thing up, trying to get it all put together. And I'm very mechanically inclined; can usually figure things out just by looking at them. But I was, had to get the instructions out, and all of a sudden, I realized I couldn't understand what the writing was on the page. It was just, zoop, I was gone. And then I started this laugh. And she, and she came running from the other room. I screamed, oh, my God, it's, it's the legendary laugh. Oh, I can't believe this. And I started laughing, this maniacal laugh on the top of my lungs. And she came running out and screamed, what's wrong? What's wrong? And I've got so many black spots in my memory that, from that night. But that was my first full-on, heavy-duty LSD trip. And it was weird because I had never really done acid before. But I had talked to so many people in the community that had done it, and I'd heard so much information about it that it only took me about 10 seconds after it hit me to realize what, I, what was hitting me. Wow. It, um, everything lined up. All the clicks were there. Yeah. And so I realized, okay, now you know, everybody says that, that preparation and, uh, is, is way important for mm. psychedelics. I had no preparation, but I had to go with it. <laughs> 
So it was an interesting experience. It wasn't all fun and games, but I did get some good stuff out of it. I did work on some problems and, and, and got some things figured out. And I don't know if I'll ever do it again, because that was kind of a scary thing. 36 hours straight. Now, Mackie was talking about doing it a, a dose, and he was maybe like eight or 10 hours out there. Oh, about 12 hours. Oh, my so. God. Yeah, after a day just... and a half, I was whipped for four <laughs> days. I was felt like I was completely mm-hmm. just roll me over, bury me, I'm done. But uh, that, so <laughs> let's just say when, by the time I dipped my toe heavy duty into psychedelics, I was in over my head. Yeah. So maybe this needs a revisit on a much more regulated scale. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, yeah, it, that's just too intense, man. 36 hours tripping balls. It's like, it's too no, much. No, my wife went to and bed the first night. Yeah, the first night the wife went to bed. Mm-hmm. She woke up. I'm still high. The next night she goes to bed. I'm still high. And I mean, she got up the next morning and I went to bed. <laughs> That is crazy. <laughs> you know, it's it's so funny how these things happen from time to time. I've definitely had experiences with LSD. I've told the story on the show before, but there was a time when I was younger and definitely did not think into what I was doing nearly well enough and ended up accidentally taking like uh, between, I don't know, 50 and 60 hits of LSD by accident. And for sure. And this is again, <laughs> Holy you know, this crap. Is like, God, I must've been in my early twenties when this happened, but <laughs> yeah, I was messing around with a, with a vial, uh, that a friend had and we thought it was empty and it wasn't empty. It was just recrystallized. And so we only thought it was one drop in there and we were swirling the inside with a Q-tip and just doing some stupid shit that looking back on, it. I mean, obviously, I should have known something was a little weird, but I knew something was definitely had gone awry. And now this was going to be an ordeal when like 20 minutes after taking it, I started to have like really strong synesthesia. So I started to have like, you know, smelling colors and tasting sounds like, I mean, it just started to get really wonky. Mm. And luckily, I was with like the one person I would want to be with for that. Um, A buddy of mine who can handle his shit. And so it was like 10 p.m. at night when we did this, too. And so we ended up just laying on the grass, staring at the stars. And it was awesome. Like once I was grounded, like on the earth, Mm. it was all good. But before that, I mean, there was like a good hour and a half, two hours of like aggressive anxiety, like 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 so much. So like I knew I knew enough (laughs) to find my breath, but like the feeling was almost panic attacky for like two hours. Like I had to keep reminding myself, just stick with the breath. Mm. It's not working though. Just stick with the breath, but it's not working. Just stick with the breath. Like, like I had to like really be strong mm-hmm. with myself and like really make sure I was holding mm-hmm. the line. Um, Cause I knew at any point, if I tried to resist it, I didn't know. I, I didn't know what had happened. It was only like in thinking mm-hmm. about it after and putting the math together with the individual that had had the vial um, where like it had been super dosed with Chris, I just like all these different things we put together that I was like, had to have been somewhere in like the 50, 60 hit range. And it was absolutely nuts, you know? And so, yeah, he had had this super dosed vial he got from someone at the music festival and they had put like a bunch of extra LSD in there or something. I don't know exactly, but I know that it was uh, a wild experience. And one of the reasons I tell it over and over is to make sure people don't do the same stupid shit I did, you know, because I luckily, I luckily ended up okay. Mm-hmm. But I am very aware that when you're in that kind of experience and you also don't know what the hell's happening, like all I knew was like something is very different than the last time that I did this, you know? And so uh, I knew that like pretty much my logical brain was not going to be able to figure it out before it went offline. And so I just thugged it out and 
held on for dear life. And uh, yeah, it was definitely interesting. But, you know, I think that's the funny thing about LSD. And I mentioned this in a lot of shows, but it bears repeating, right? Which is, I've never had anyone take LSD and be like, yeah, I took it. And it was exactly what I expected. Like, it's always like a wild card, you know, like, <laughs> it's always like, oh, man, I took way too much. Yeah, I, I ended up in a field. I don't know where I got there, you know. So yeah, guys, for everyone listening, heed our warnings, mm-hmm. you know, again, it's not that any of these things are objectively bad or anything. It's just like, you want to be aware of what you're doing, you know, no, no. with great power comes great responsibility. And that's, and, and you know, just trying to hold it yeah. together as well, isn't it? Like, you but sometimes you do have to surrender to it. It's like, just know that you'll be okay. All right. Definitely. You know, just know that. No, just enjoy the experience as much as possible, man. Try not to t- send yourself down one of those <sighs> rabbit holes. Yeah. Just, you'll be okay. Just fucking, it's part of the human experience for us to go out and experience these things, man. And it's fucking amazing. I love acid so much. And I remember when I was young and I took it loads of times when I was young. I had mm. such good times, man. And it is, even though I love cannabis, acid is still my favorite. That is just, you have a special relationship with Lucy oh, yeah. once you've met her. <laughs> you know? And though it, it was a strong experience for about 12 hours. And after about six of those hours, I'm like, okay, I've had enough now. Yeah. You fuck off. Exactly. <laughs> oh. You know? <laughs> but, you know, you got to jack yourself yeah, through. there's no ejectocedo on it either, you know? Like, once you're strapped in, you're strapped in, no. you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, it's not like weed. You know, have some orange juice, bring the blood sugar up, and you'll be fine. It's like, oh no, no, we're just we're stuck in now. Let's just hold on, man. Good times, oh. though. Shit, Good you times, know, it's funny, man. but I mean, it all goes back to we talk about it all the time. Though with anything, it could be cannabis, can be psychedelics. Start low, go slow. Yes, you can always mm-hmm. add. It's mm-hmm. hard to subtract, though. <laughs> you got it. Oh yeah, especially when you're doing yeah. fifty or sixty. Shit. Yet. Shit. <laughs> I'd be questioning my existence at that point. You know, it's like, is, it, is this the life I'm supposed to have? Am I still tripping? Dude. Is this- <laughs> you know, it was funny too, because this gentleman that was with me, like I said, he could handle a lot. I had never seen him even quiver. I mean, he would just do like 10 strips and all this stuff. And I would be sitting there like, how are you doing this? You know, like, cause I'm very sensitive to most different things, even cannabis. Right. And so at the end of the night, we were at this place that um, had a pool. And the pool had broken. So like it was only a little bit of water in it. And he calls me up. He's like, hey, come up here. So the sun is just starting to to rise, right? And we're still fully in the experience. But I go over to him and he's got his phone light in the pool. And he's shining it from side to side. And it's making this crazy oil slick, like wild trippy thing. And so he's doing it and just looks at me and he's like, dude how much acid did we do? You know? And that's when I knew I was like, okay. Like, cause I didn't know. I was like, for all I knew, I'm like, oh, this is just like not that strong. Like, I mean, I knew it was strong, but I'm like, compared to him, I don't know, maybe this is normal. And then when he said that, I was like, okay, yeah, now I know for sure it was a definitely a big experience. <laughs> so funny, man. <laughs> Things we do when we're younger, you know? That's right. When your OG is out of control, you definitely know you're yeah, there. Yeah, 100%. You know, and mm-hmm. he's, I mean, he was, uh, uh, he is 10 years older than me. So he, you know, introduced me to a lot of stuff, you know, when I was still uh, an innocent teen, let's say. And so it was always funny, man. You know, like he would just, I mean, he would have the most wild stories and all these things. And so that's why I was like, all right, let me try it, you know. And it's funny too, because with, you know, with LSD specifically, I really call it pure laughter medicine like that's why monkey when you were saying like i got that laugh like that is like classic lsd Mm -hmm. you know mushrooms you will laugh Mm -hmm. but you'll go through stages and it's like you're being led like you don't even really have control Mm -hmm. over it 
acid, you can get stuck laughing so hard that you're like, am I actually going to die from not breathing? Like, <laughs> it's a real thing. The laugh, <laughs> the laugh comes from the inside of your soul and you're laughing at absolutely nothing, but it's the funniest thing in the yes. world. That's all I can say. You know, mm-hmm. just like, that's, I knew it was on acid because I couldn't stop yeah. it. 100%. You know, it's like, I've always said yeah. that I think why that happens is because uh, like unconsciously, maybe consciously, if we're aware of it, we are realizing the hilarity of the nature of reality. Like, we're just like, we're alive. We have meat yeah. suits. Like, mm-hmm. and yours looks like that. And mine looks <laughs> like this. Like, that thing's a kitchen cabinet. Like, sure. You know, like, it's just like the hilarity of everything, you know? And I've always found that like, you know, if they say laughter is the best medicine, right? And why I think that is because it's showing you're coming from a state of joy, which is being powered by love, which is our innate nature as human beings. Then at the end of the day, I've always found LSD to be laughter medicine, which I've found to be really good, maybe once a year, you know? And mm-hmm. yeah, 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 don't do it every weekend. Fuck. Sure. Like, <laughs> I mean, I vibrate for hours on it. Like, it's just like, it's like you're plugged into an electrical socket, you know? So I feel you on that, Mackie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Man, it's like it, it's it's safe, and I, I liked it because of recently when I did acid, like for the first time in twenty years, mm. just like last weekend or the weekend before, mm. it was recent, and it's I'm trying to like comprehend about what it was and why your brain does these different things. You know, I'm trying to listen to a Joe Rogan podcast to fall asleep, and it it's talking really fast, and it's all these, and then echoey and. You know, and so and then I'm going to watch something instead. So I watched the Trader Park Boys, and people's faces are morphing and. It's just so fucking cool, man. And it's it's like, is you know, as, as you normally are in your normal state, you're quite comfortable. Everything's quite balanced. You know, you, you've you've found the right level for everything. But when you take the acid, it mixes up those levels, and you have to try and find balance again. You know, how quick is audio supposed to be? Is it this class, this slow? Is this right? Is that right? You know, it's just trying to balance it all back out again, man. Well, how how red is red supposed to be? Is this correct? Like no, that's a bit strong. No, that's not enough. No, 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 nearly, that's it. That one. You know, it's just fucking finding these balances again because it's it's like somebody's messed with the radio dial on everything, on sound, on taste, on sight, on, on everything. Man, you know, everything. Temperature going from hot to cold, hot to oh, cold. Oh, I just, remember that. <laughs> until you find that balance again, to and you're like back to normal. And I'm still thinking now. Because usually I'm quite good at being like, oh, it's been about three minutes, and I'll be quite correct. It's been three minutes, but I've been looking back, and it's like, what? It's been like thirty seconds. So, so my time still hasn't quite made up from my acid trip, man. Still trying to buffer and find out the right level on time. But man, it's just so fucking cool, and I recommend it to everybody. You know, it's, if people are scared of it, it's understandable that you'd be scared of something like that because mm. it is intense, man, and it it will take you places. You, and it's going to be difficult sometimes, you know, but it's worth it every fucking time, man. You learn things about yourself. You'll learn things about life. You know, you open up your mind to a deeper consciousness, more thoughts about different, different subjects that you haven't even thought about before. It's so fucking 100%. cool, man. And it, everybody has to do it. It's part of the human experience, man. You've got to hit some acid at some point or at the very least some psilocybin. 100%. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's funny too because these days, right, like I tell everyone, you know, of course use discernment. But at the end of the day, like even if you are really nervous, like there are professionals you can go do this with now. Like it's not like back in the day when you just had to like fingers cross it, mm-hmm. you know, that everything mm-hmm. would be okay. Like now, like mm-hmm. <laughs> I hope yeah. this is just one tab and not fifty. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know, and so it's funny now how like you know a lot of people that reach out to me, they're like, you know, I haven't done it before. I'm really nervous. I'm like, well, hey, just like you guys said, low and slow. There's it's a marathon, not a sprint, right? At the end of the day, and mm-hmm. 
what I found is that life is a, is not an observation sport, right? Like you can read about spirituality, you can read about these deeper truths of the universe and this kind of stuff. And and don't get me wrong, like you can experience those through meditation, breathwork, etc. But it's a very challenging world to have those things if you don't know what you're going for, right? Because we're not taught these things exist in the mainstream mm-hmm. narrative. Um, we're actually taught that if you have them, you're legally insane. Like we're actually taught that like, you know, hearing voices in your head is you're psychotic on all of these things. And so being able to allow the lease on reality we normally had to be brought down or altered by these medicines allows us to see what science says is already there, right? Science even says we only see 4% of what we know to be around us at all times. And so, you know, it's it's great mm-hmm. that our consciousness is calibrated where it is because we can drive cars and do what we need to, right? It'd be hard to do that if it wasn't like this, but it's also mm-hmm. really important every once in a while to unplug no matter how you do that, right? But one of the easiest and I mean, not easiest, but fastest ways to do it, because it's definitely not easy. But one of the fastest ways I've learned to do that is through connecting with plant medicines. And, you know, it's funny how people have a lot of beliefs around plant medicines. Like, you know, I'm in certain spiritual organizations that are vehemently against them, right? And I'm like, well, what if I told you that this mushroom that you're dissing is older than your lineage? You know, like it's been around longer than you've been teaching Mm -hmm. your thing. And so to throw shade at this and say, hey, I don't believe in these things because of this, this, this reason. Cool, you can have your opinion, but don't create objectivity out of that, right? Like mushrooms, psychedelics, cannabis, like there's over 10,000 years worth of recorded history of these medicines being utilized in spiritual evolution and allowing us to realize that we're divine beings having a human experience. I mean, hell, there's even mention of mushrooms and cannabis in the Bible, for God's sakes, right? So regardless of what you might believe about the Bible, mm-hmm. I have my own theories too. But, you know, again, it's been mentioned for a long time. And so, you know, it's it's no doubt that we've co-evolved with these medicines. I mean, we have an endocannabinoid system, for God's sakes, you know? And so at the end of the day, there's there's evidence everywhere that these have been here for a long time. And I think the more that we can, you know, tune in and utilize them in responsible ways, the the more aware we are going to become if we do the work thereafter to integrate. And so, yeah, it's, it's awesome, man. It's really cool stuff. Mm-hmm. I can very definitely understand yeah. how people would be a little bit afraid to touch it the first time, especially since I got thrown into it the way I did. But I have to say for anybody who is uh, considering it, once I got past the after effects of, of a rather lengthy trip, there was about a week of peace, happiness, and what I call the afterglow, the honeymoon mm. period, for about a week, everything in the world was fine. And my wife had a, had a little retreat she had to go on right as I was recovering on this stuff. And she came in from the retreat after about two days of not seeing me, opened the door, and she looked at me and she said, I've never seen your eyes so clear in my life. It cleared out the garbage. Mm, yeah, yeah, it definitely. It, it does that, man. It, 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 it's, it's real hard to explain. Yeah, I mean, you guys know what I'm talking about because the you've been effects. there. But yeah, yeah. the after effects were mm-hmm. definitely... I think more powerful than the actual trip was. Hundred percent, hundred percent. And then there's DMT. Have you done DMT, Ryan? Yeah, I've done. Uh, and then uh, have you done uh, NN and five MEO? Uh, no, I- ayahuasca. I haven't done ayahuasca yet. That's like the one medicine I've yet right. to sit with, and I've been waiting. I, I know the guy I'm going to go do it with. Uh, his name is Hamilton Souther. I've had him on the show. Sweet. He's awesome. He's down in Peru. But you know, I've like I felt the call, but at the same time, I haven't felt like a really strong call, and so I'm going to wait until I feel like you know I'm fully ready for it. Plus, right now, like. Mm-hmm. 
you know, I'm grateful enough that my life is fucking awesome. Like my life is the psychedelic right now. And so I like being here mm-hmm. now. Like, of course, cannabis and I, you know, we have an intimate relationship on the weekends. But, you know, for the most part, like, you know, the business, everything, the podcasting, like, I just love being here now, you know. And so I imagine I'll, I'll go through a season. Mm-hmm. Like I did a, a strong psilocybin experience a few months back. Uh, and that was really nice. And um, and I've heard amazing things about ayahuasca. And, you know, I'm always called the feminine medicine. I love cannabis. Mm-hmm. And I like masculine medicines too, like peyote and stuff like that. But um, I really enjoy the the feminine medicines. And they just have this way of, you know, like you guys said, like, I mean, all medicines do us in different ways. But being like a spiritual squeegee, you know, just like squeegeeing you mm-hmm. out, like, mm-hmm. it's awesome. You know, like whenever I do psilocybin, I have an awesome cry. Like I'm a kid again. It's it's amazing. You know, I come out of it feeling great. <laughs> So, yeah, it's really interesting. (laughs) DMT is something I've been chasing for a while, man. I do have a little bit in a vape, but it doesn't work the way I want it to. I want to go for the breakthrough experience because I think we might have briefly discussed it when Mm. he was on our show. I'm not too much of a spiritual person in that. You know, I'm quite uh, rationally minded, naturally thinking. And it's it's not like I don't like being like that because I do like being a rational person in that way but i would enjoy a spiritual experience somehow and it seems as if dmt is the closest i'm gonna get to that you know to completely leave the human existence go and see what it's like on the other side to have that breakthrough experience see the machine owls you know potentially see god with the finger quotation marks you know and i I want to do that shit man and I haven't had the opportunity yet. I've got some uh, mm. mimosa root bark coming in the post. And like I said, I like to make my own shit because I can trust it. I, I know where it's been, how, how it was grown, all that kind of shit. Obviously, it's not the case with the mimosa root bark. But when I make the DMT for myself, I know there's not going to be any other shit in it. It's just going to be the DMT I want. So that, that's going to be a, a journey that I'm on very soon. I'm going to go for that breakthrough experience, man. So I'm looking forward to it. But it's terrifying at the same time. Oh. You know, you got to be scared of that because the whole oh, yeah. ego death thing. Yeah. But yeah. I'm ready I mean, for you it. You said man. it perfectly, man. Mm. Like out of all the medicines I've done, 5-MeO was the one that I was reluctant, you know, about. And I felt very safe with the people I was doing it with. And that comes yeah. from the frog venom, right? That, that's yep. the toad venom. Yeah. Colorado, Just think about the, the first guy yeah. that tried that. What in the what a savage! <laughs> Man, it's like who, whose idea was it? Like, yo, Trevor, go, go and yeah. lick that toad, <laughs> or you know, go and pop that pimple on the toad, yeah. let it dry, and smoke it. Dare ya? Yeah, I'll, I'll give you three <laughs> oranges, bro. <laughs> the guy that pretty much like founded this, he was like a scientist or something. It's on Hamilton's Pharmacopeia, and basically, like in the eighties there was this little pamphlet that got released, right? And there was a uh, pseudonym for, you know, who was the writer of it. But basically, it was a whole manual of how to extract, you know, bufo, essentially from the bufalvarius toad, and then how to smoke it. No one knew where it came from. And so only years later, did the guy actually, like, tell his story. And now it's coming out of, like, he did a bunch of research into, like, indigenous cultures and had, like, a theory that, like, the native people from that area were connecting with this medicine from that uh, from that toad and so he basically like had a hypothesis and the first time he ever did it he was driving through the desert parked his car on the side of the road knew where to find these toads there's only like a certain time of year they come out too so he had done all this research he in the middle of the day it's like 110 degrees in the middle of the desert he goes and finds one of these toads and the way you do it is like they're i i don't know exactly what i saw in the uh, movie like you they have little like sacks on them and you lightly squeeze these sacks and it shoots out this white liquid Mm -hmm. so he was shooting that out onto his windshield Mm -hmm. letting it dry 
And then he just like scooped up a bunch, sat in his driver's seat, and just blasted <laughs> off for the first time. And I don't know what the fuck he must have thought, but what wow. a sendero that guy is. I mean, you know, imagine just laying there and be like, oh shit, know, it's killed like, me. I mean, he was alone too. Like, it just, I mean, the balls of some people is wild. You Damn. Know I mean? It's crazy. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. You know, not all heroes wear capes. I say that all the time, man. (laughs) (laughs) Literally. And it's just, it was wild, man. Like, I mean, that experience for me, I've done it twice. And after the second time, I was like, I just don't know if I ever need to do that again. Like, it was like, because I'm already like, I'm a very spiritual Mm -hmm. person. Mm -hmm. I understand and I've had many experiences of going to the other side, both in, you know, meditating and like with inner work and also with psychedelics and plant medicines. And so that was like the okay, now I'm a thousand percent sure, like unequivocally of what I believe. And so I was like, all right, I'm good, you know, but what I really think is beautiful is, you know, the Mm. gentleman I did it with, he had this system of pens that went from like a number one to a number six. Number one was like, you don't really feel anything. Number six is like, what is life basically? And so when I was, when I was working with it, you know, the first couple of times uh, I tried it uh, before I ever had a breakthrough session, I've had two breakthrough sessions he had like a number two pen on him. And so you rip that for 10 seconds. So you get this like really just amazing feeling. Like it's, it's, I mean, it makes MDMA look like child's play, to be honest. And just this full body, Mm -hmm. like, I mean, you're essentially like getting to meet a little bit of your God self. So like you're getting a reminder of like you're infinite. So imagine what that does to your whole state of being. It's just like, oh my goodness, like this is awesome. And then the first time I did like a full on session, you start with pen one, five second pull, 10 second pull. And he tells you like, you know, you good to go. Okay, cool. And then you move on. So pen number two, five second pull. Okay, you good. All right, 10 second pull. All right, now pen number three. When it got to pen number three, I was like, okay, this is getting very different very quickly. And then pen four was just like complete whiteout for me. So that was the first time I did it. And then the second time I did it, we started with pen four. And I mean, when you do it, like you're hitting it. And within seconds, like your whole body starts vibrating to a level that you feel like, I, I don't even know how to describe it. And then you're just like gone. And you're just in this, I don't even know what mm-hmm. to describe it, like this orgasmic soup of like every emotion and you're being pushed and pulled and shoved. And, and like, it's just the most wild experience. And so I went to pen six that time. And that made the first experience look like child's play. Like it was wildly intense. And the people I did it with, they have this, um, he has this uh, woman that comes with him. And what she does is she's singing this gigantic crystal singing bowl, right? So she's singing that while you're doing it. And as soon as you start to blast off, as soon as like, I imagine there's like a face of like going cross-eyed or something. But as soon as that happens, she puts the sound bowl on your chest and starts singing it. So the reverberation is like going through your system. Yeah, that was wild for sure. Definitely uh, one of those experiences where I was like, wow, my life is really rad that I get to have people in my network that are this cool and amazing at what they do and felt very safe. But after mm. I came out of it, I was like, I'm good. Like I got my reminder, like I'm good. And you know, it's, it's only about 15 minutes, but at the same time, like you escape the parallels of time. So it could feel like you're there for infinity. There are like mm. certain indi- uh, uh, contraindications. Like, you know, I've always heard don't mix frogs and toads. So don't do combo before you do 5-MEO, um, or maybe it's after, actually. Yeah, I think it's after, but I just don't do it before or after. Plus combo, not exactly like, you know, what I would recommend to most people. I've done it quite a bit, but it's a brutal experience. I mean, you're just like pretty, it's not... What's combo? Yeah, so that's, uh, it's a secretion from the giant monkey frog down in the Amazon. And, you know, the indigenous elders down there, indigenous tribes, 
What the yeah. fuck is wrong with these people, yeah. man? And leave the frogs alone. <laughs> and like they call it the jungle vaccine down there. It has a lot of peptides in it. There's not a lot of research out on it, but there is some. And what I did it for was it's known to purge you. Like a lot of times you'll do it before ayahuasca or something like that. And basically what happens is they create these little right. gates on you. I'll see if I can actually... I'll see if you can see them on my arm right here. You might be able to see. I don't know if the camera will allow it to see right here. See those circles? Yep, exactly. No so dots. what they do is yeah, yeah. they take a stick, for lack of a better term. It's like kind of looks like an incense, and they burn you quickly, like super quick. It's not like an intense burn, but then they wipe the skin away, and then they take this frog venom and they push it into what they call the gate, right? Which is this like you know wound you have, and it enters your bloodstream. And so within like a minute probably even quicker, um, you start to have like, you know, you start to feel this heat come on, you start to feel like you start to feel very like getting swollen, you start to have a rapid heartbeat. And then you start feeling very ill. And then you vomit like a lot. Like Team America in the alley. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, and this goes on for about 15, 20 minutes. And then usually it starts wearing off. You sit with it and then they wipe it off and then you go take a nap after. Um, so it's not psychedelic at all. It's just something that it has been amazing though. Like I, again, guys, for everyone listening, I'm never going to say I recommend anything. You guys know my whole thing on that. But what I felt from it was very similar to what you were saying, monkey. I mean, I've done it many times. So I've had the experience over and over again. Like the next three weeks are like no mind chatter. Like, I mean, just nothing. And the whole idea of it is that you're purging Clarity. up trauma and all this stuff. So Again, I, you know, I, it mm -hmm. worked for me. It's, I've, I've had some great experiences, but I haven't done it now in about two years. I did it, um, with a group of guys every full moon for like a year. Um, and that was interesting, but yeah, it's, it's definitely an interesting medicine for sure, but don't mix it with Fibomeo for sure. <laughs> <laughs> mm. So fa fascinating stuff, man. And I'd like to try mm. all of it really, you know, just to see, cause it's, as I say, it's part of the human experience, man. This is, it's what we're supposed to experience. What we're supposed to do is just watch Netflix all the time. Acid is better than anything on Netflix, you know? Psychedelics are better than anything which you could yeah. watch on TV. You have to, uh, yeah, I, like you say, I don't like to recommend people do these things. But if you do have that level of curiosity, don't fucking hold back, man. Go and experience life, you know? Just be careful, be safe, you know, just... Just make sure that you know what you're doing. You've done enough research. That's the most important thing, man. Do your fucking research beforehand so you know what to expect and you know you're going to be able to handle it. That confidence in the mind when you're going on a journey like that in the first place will mean a lot when you're in the thick of oh, it. Oh, yeah. You know? That's the only reason I made it through my experience because I had already unknowingly done a lot of research, so I understood my body. Absolutely. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, just do yeah. it. Do it. <laughs> do it. <laughs> well, <laughs> now. Well, maybe this uh, October when we head out to the West Coast, then we'll have to, you know, get some measured doses and maybe do it properly. Yes. The West Coast is definitely a good place mm. to find everything of that nature. You know, when I went out there the first time, because I'm in Boston, I was like, wow. It's really different out here. Like these, I feel like I'm meant to be here. You know, like I feel like I stick out like a sore thumb in Boston. You know, like not exactly known over here for mm -hmm. being the nicest or mm. kindest people. We are. It's just you got to get through the hard exterior layer called uh, going through traumatic shared events called winter every year, plus all the other stuff mm -hmm. that goes on too. <laughs> but uh, guys, this has been absolutely amazing. I want to make sure I give you guys a chance to plug where people can find high on homegrown, everything you guys are doing. And I got a last question for you after too. But where can people find you guys? 
Well, you can find Mackie and I all the time over at Percy's Grow Room. We're both administrators at Percy's Grow Room. We, we, uh, we teach new people how to grow cannabis, and we also share expertise. So if you're an older grower or a newer grower and you're looking for a place to, to, to join, come over to Percy's. Give us give us a try. Uh, High on Homegrown, that's our podcast. Uh, Mackie and I, uh, Mackie's the host. I'm the co-host. We also have three other panel members. We have Mac, Marge, Bubblehawk. Oh, I forgot. We we. We lost uh, Temple Grow. We, until recently, we had Temple Grow as well, though. We're live every Sunday at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time on YouTube. Uh, we also release episodes anywhere you can find podcasts. Uh, we also do interviews, grow guides, you name it, pretty much uh, that. Uh, we have Instagram. We have Monkey Do Grows would be my Instagram. We have Percy's Grow Room and High on Homegrown Instagram. You find us anywhere you're looking for us. And if you can't find us there, just ask Ryan because I guarantee you he knows where to find us. Yes, I got you. And I'll make sure all that's in the show notes as well, guys. And um, I have one last question for both of you, right? And I think you might have already answered this at the end, but I want to ask it again just to make sure, right? So let's say someone listens to this episode and they're excited to check out psychedelics in their own life. What is the one piece of advice that you, Mackie, and you, Monkey, would suggest to them to allow them to use proper discernment in choosing whether or not psychedelics are right for them right now in their lives? Just take it slow, man. Just take it a little bit first. You know, ease yourself into it. Don't be doing 50 yeah. to 60 Do doses of LSD in one hit. That's crazy. No, right? <laughs> just slowly, you know, if you're going to do acid, do half a tab, maybe a quarter of a tab and see how it goes. And don't just be like after half hour, nothing's happening. You know, give it a couple of hours, man. You know, take time, be patient with it, respect it. That's important, man. Respect that shit. Because if you don't, it's going to kick your fucking ass, man. Because it can be a cruel mistress at the same time. So respect it. Take your time. Be careful. But also enjoy it, man. Set and setting with this kind of thing is everything. Make sure you're in the right frame of mind. Make sure you're in a, a place where you feel comfortable and safe. And make sure that there's nothing that's going to come along and ruin the experience for you. You know, you just that, that would be the best idea, I think. Just Yeah. That, like that. Beautiful. That's why I say, Ryan. I love that, man. Well, I'll go ahead and add, <laughs> add a little bit to that and say, do your research first. Find somebody who's done this maybe and talk to them. Find yourself a psychedelic guide, someone with experience that's willing to take you under their wing and give you a guided trip. Somebody to babysit you. I, I hate to use that word, but we all need to be babysat the first time around. So you need somebody to watch you and make sure that everything's going to be going right. But do your research. Understand what's going to happen to you understand as much mm -hmm. as you can about what to expect and i think you're going to have a better experience spoken like true yeah. wizards guys are mackie and monkey rad or what i absolutely love chatting with these two and my hope is that each of you came away from this episode with value that you can immediately begin implementing into your life and for any of you looking to take the deep dive into their podcast and keep up with all of their latest creations take a trip down to the show notes for this episode where I will be laying out all the ways in which you can do so today. Mackie, Monkey, thank you so much for sharing your time, wisdom, and humor with the guests and me on the show today, for creating the content you do to demystify and stand up for the beautiful sacred plant ally that is cannabis, and for being two people who can charge my battery instantaneously upon chatting with. And until next time, my friends, may your journey be smooth and full of light. Aho.